Hello everyone, it's me, Blair W. Coin. <laughs> your host of the Pop Cult Review. So, I have been looking forward to talking about the Augusty Trilogy for a very long time. So, to summarize what I want to do, uh, it's more so discuss the songwriting and the themes of how we got from uh, D1, which is the Augusty mixtape, to the day, the album, and basically uh, what Yungi has said about the conclusion, which is D-Day, of this trilogy. Um, so similar to Indigo, when it comes to, let's say, like, production-wise, I don't have the full praxis, in my opinion, to talk about what uh, Min Yungi does production-wise. I just don't feel like it's feel like it's my place uh so uh i can tell you what i hear and how it makes me feel but considering d-day is self-produced and there's you know a bigger story within everything i'm going to stick to what i know best and that is themes storytelling and lyrics uh and basically what has been conveyed with uh external sources as well right so if you are unaware of who august d is august d is min yoongi or sugar of bts similar to how i've explained uh namjoon slash rap monster slash rm or j-hope slash j slash hosek uh the rap line of bts have in a way used different monikers to explore different musical ventures outside of bts and have either fully retired a name or have concluded that they are all the same it's a really interesting and admirable thing that they've all done being able to dig deep inside themselves and kind of you know lay it all out on the table i don't think anyone has done that more than yungi though of course the full breakdown of augusty why that name is that name uh <laughs> it's dt sugar backwards which is d town sugar which is daegu sugar which is the district he's from in south korea uh so okay now that that's out the way and i'm sorry if you are army and you know these things but there are some people who listen who may not be army or who are only fans of you know august d without realizing that he's sugar or yoongi you know um, so yeah, now that that's out the way, I want to jump right into this. So for starters, um, I've tried to watch everything, listen to everything, read everything. Uh, Yungi did a lot of promotions, so it is a lot of source material. And if I miss something, I'm really sorry. Um, as I am recording this, I believe, uh, as far as the D-Day tour, we're on the last two dates, which are in Seoul. So something may happen within the next 10 hours or so as far as what happens at the show maybe one of the other members will perform with him there is a lot of speculation so if I miss something like that it's because it hasn't happened yet and if I miss something um regarding just source material it's because he did probably just so much promotion sitting down talking to people and you know, it's easy to miss sometimes. So I will be mostly focusing on D-Day, but we're going to start at the very beginning and kind of talk our way down to how we got to D-Day, okay? So when I first heard D-1, I think my first thought was, he's really angry and I see why. Uh, I had done all the supplementary BTS guides and watched plenty of things. At that point, I was fully into my BTS journey at that point in time. And I've said this in a few uh, different episodes regarding BTS members. I think every variation of a fuck you to someone in a song was well deserved based on how they were treated and often still treated to this day. Um, they are not just empty FUs. They are full of something that is deserved to the rightful party that it is aimed at. Um, but this was early and of course we're not at the healing stage yet um which a few members have gotten to and mind you this was 2016 uh yungi was i believe 23 years old so all my astro girlies and babies 
and boys, <laughs> uh, you know what the 23rd year is like. That is a 12th house perfection year. We've all been 23. There is a song talking about how terrible being 23 is. It is not an easy year. Uh, realistically, not astrologically, just in any way possible. And so uh, we know it's rough and leading up to it is rough too. So the Augustine mixtape overall makes a lot of sense to me when I look at it um, in the form of this is someone who leading up to their 23rd year has went through a lot. Um, Yungi has spoken about the life he was living before debut, the life before he was 20, and he had a lot of he had a lot of stuff going on uh his family was poor he was a delivery guy he got into a bad accident that messed up his shoulder um that almost you know well not almost but he was afraid that it would prevent him from debuting uh he was getting scammed out of money for the beats that he was making and i'm sure there are a host of other things either he said that I've missed or just that he hasn't even said yet and we all know uh, about the infamous story of him auditioning for Big Hit and getting let in as a producer and being told he wouldn't have to do anything but produce and rap and then he saddled with a teenage Kim Namjoon and eventually a teenage Jung Hoseok um, and then the rest of the group and he had to dance eventually which we know he's quite good at now anyways back to d1 so the first track that was released was august d which in my opinion is one of the greatest introductions to a rapper i've seen in a very long time it samples james brown's it's a man's man's world personally i've always thought it was ironic given i wasn't around when the mixtape dropped but the biggest takeaway from james brown's song is you know uh, the whole point of the song is him saying it's a man's world, but it would be nothing without a woman or a girl. And in a funny way, that's how BTS works as well. Um, their success is very much upheld by women, given there are plenty of men in MBs involved as well. But those early stages, it was very typical boy band isms as far as the audience goes. There were some uh, others sprinkled in, but the vast majority are indeed women or people who identify as women as far as the audience goes at least so anyways this song this introduction to august d is cocky and it's arrogant and that's exactly what it should be leading up to this the way the media other groups and the underground rappers that yungi and namjoon used to know were trying to knock them down a peg uh make them feel bad for being idols and choosing that path um upset that they had found a better path instead of trying to just struggle and maybe you know hustle their way up when this was now in front of them if you know twenty thousand dollars is dropped in your lap you're not gonna you know continue to choose cup ramen you know what i'm saying like you're gonna eat well so i think there may have been a lot of resentment towards them back then for choosing this path but as we all know a lot of those same people show up to a lot of um the parties that these boys have uh that are public or they saddle themselves around them you know or they praise them heavily on youtube now like i've seen a few different instances of it but that's neither here nor there and honestly it's such a reminder that even in 2016 bts was moving quickly upward and that a lot of criticisms were fueled by jealousy from their peers whether it was other idols or like i said other rappers um it's a very i'm him type of song and it's necessary to the process of starting here and ending up where we will get to in his d-day documentary he said at the time i didn't try to send some aggressive music or messages though but at the time we were denied as an idol group by the people who loved idol groups and the fans who loved musicians rebuked us as being idols so i was kind of obsessed with a certain pride that i should show them who we are as musicians so while preparing for the tour recently i listened to music from the time and i realized that i rapped quite tightly in a way i was very angry and sensitive when i recorded august d mixtape so august d the song is a song that you can tell how angry i was 
And so the other title track from the Augustine mixtape was Give It To Me. It's one of my favorites from D1. To me, there's a lot of foreshadowing in the Augustine mixtape, what's to come later in D2 and in D-Day. Yoongi sounding kind of insane on Give It To Me and laughing maniacally. There's actually a lot of lines in this song we hear in future songs or we hear even in a couple of ciphers later. I personally enjoy the recycling of your own lyrics uh, to your other songs because it's like, whose word do I trust more than my own? Um, and really driving home that I mean everything I say so much that I'll say it again. <laughs> Overall, I just love that the intro to Augusty through a mixtape is so different than how most people um maybe experience sugar at the time there are other fan favorites on this mixtape like tony montana which he usually performs with jimin we are hoping he's going to perform it with jimin in seoul either i guess it'll be tonight or on sunday yeah hopefully we'll get to see that um there's the last which yungi flips the coin on the aggressive august d we see in the beginning and he speaks on his depression and his ocd um, he even says he killed Minyungi, which again, foreshadowing for what we see in later themes of this trilogy. One thing I really appreciate about the trilogy itself has always been that for every aggressive song, Yungi will internally pick apart himself in that version of him because that's how it is, right? Like, so for every aggressive song, there's also a song where he is kind of pulling the thread on that aggression. It's like if I built myself up so high above you know, whatever you're saying about me, the only person that can hurt me is me. Um, you're not going to be the one that knocks me down. I'll be the person that knocks me down. And so I feel like if you have maybe dealt with this kind of back and forth of maybe your own depression or just feeling like you're not good enough, sometimes you will build yourself up so high and you do get to that point where you're like, I won't let anybody else knock me down. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be me because I'm the only person worthy to knock me down. And it's really <laughs> it's a really difficult type of uh dichotomy to experience but it's very normal when you are going through what he is going through I've experienced it as well I won't say it's necessarily imposter syndrome but it's definitely something ingrained in trying to make sure that um you're okay right it's just a part of the process so it's one of the reasons that despite Yoongi being my bias wrecker, I find myself relating to him a lot more through the things that he's spoken about musically. I think Yoongi and I are about maybe 18 or so months apart, which is about a year and some change, but in life we had some similarities and I can always relate to him speaking about his struggles and overcoming them, but also the reality that like this isn't something fixed so easily, you know, with just confidence alone. Confidence doesn't fix depression. And so this leads me to my other favorite from the Augustine mixtape, which is So Far Away, which is about realizing you don't have any dreams while everyone else is chasing theirs and you're kind of stuck in limbo. Which when I heard the line, uh, I'm living because I can't die. I think I remember hating that it resonated with me so much. Um, however, in this song, we also get some more foreshadowing to D-Day um, with the post-chorus line, dream you will fully bloom, and I'll get to that a bit later, why it's foreshadowing. Um, I probably won't remember exactly this song, but we def I will talk about the foreshadowing from these previous mixtapes. So this is when we get to D2. I think this is where a lot of uh, non-K-pop fans, non-BTS fans came across August D. It was the first time we were introduced to a few different elements involved in the August D storyline structure that we've seen over the past few years now. Like the parallels that Yoongi uses between different versions of himself, uh, the original August D becoming a mad king, and the introduction to the boss, uh, Augusty, who eventually takes the king out. Throughout all of this, we're also introduced to the scar, which I'll speak further on when I do talk about D-Day itself. I remember besides the uh, BTS songs I showed my family and friends <laughs> um, when I was really getting into BTS and I feel like I needed everyone else to experience this too if they hadn't already. 
um i remember showing a lot of them this music video uh, the Deshita music video. And I'm not going to go too deep into what's happening in the music video itself because it's one of those things that if you haven't seen it, it's best to experience it, you know, by yourself and do the research yourself. Or maybe that was just enjoyable for me, but still it's worth experiencing on your own without someone guiding you too far into it first. And I think in general, that works best with the entire BTS experience. I can give you all the resources you want, but I can't really tell you the best song or I can't tell you what you need to listen to you will figure it out on your own I think I've tried to explain this to a couple of people it's like I can give you everything I show you I, I even have a long list of uh just BTS in order and you start from the top and it's constantly being updated um and it's like no matter what you have to experience them for yourself and you have to find what resonates with you me resonate when yoongi and uh having namjoon as my bias that is not going to be the same for everyone else you may not resonate with yoongi at all you might resonate with taehyung or you might resonate with jin or hobie like i i can't really guide you to do that so in this sense it's the same way uh with august d you just have to kind of get in there yourself and if it resonates it resonates if it doesn't at least it looks cool and it sounds good right because this is not a full d2 breakdown or anything um i do want to say that one thing i love about being yoongi as a producer as a writer as a musician as an artist as a rapper as an idol however you prefer to identify yoongi as beyond what bts has done for introducing a lot of uh korean culture to the west yoongi has done this incredible job of intersecting these things that are inherently known uh in korean culture or just for koreans in general these things that maybe they grow up with um and things that they just grow up knowing right the casual knowledge of whatever is embedded in the culture and bringing it to the forefront in a very relaxed way in my opinion it's not so different to how black culture in the states did the same with our nuances and casual knowledge of things that we just inherently know and kind of infusing it into our music as well and how it's just kind of picked up you know on a global level also it's not that different to how namjoon plays with language and using korean uh idioms and phrasing uh in a way that is pleasing to the non-korean ear despite the language barrier or somehow seamlessly you know playing with phonetics to the non-korean ear as well like do you get what i mean they both done this in a very skilled way and it's not to say the others haven't either because they have but i do feel like when i think about it these two have really pushed it a lot further um and maybe it's just kind of a particular skill that they have to be able to kind of infuse both or you know in a way that doesn't seem as difficult to understand um even if you still need like a guide to you know figure out what's going on or you have to use dual set to really understand everything shout out to dual set um <laughs> the, my point is is that it's not only them just doing it in a very skilled way but it's also in a way that doesn't feel so obvious until you really think about it you know what i'm saying like i don't know I just think both of them have done this incredibly well for many, many years now. Um, and it's not like it's just something they just started doing. They've been doing this for a very long time. So Deshita means, or rather is, Korean military music. And is the wind instruments and percussions that are played. And I believe Yoongi has said he sampled a military king's march for this particular song. And that this beat and the song, uh, ugh, with BTS's rap line that ended up on Mot 7 or Map of the Soul 7 <laughs> were kind of made with BTS in mind, but the company chose uh, UG, and that's how the song came to be eventually later for just Yoongi. At the core, Yoongi says it's a trap for his haters. It's one of those if the shoe fits or a hit dog will holler type of songs. One of the first things that people do when they hear uh, the song is ask, who is he talking about? who pissed him off who is this directed towards and maybe there is someone in mind but yungi has said very blatantly that it's for whoever takes offense and i love that overall it's one of those songs that shows off yungi's uh rapping ability so easily he makes it look 
really easy. I think I said this with Namjoon's album as well. I think the further they get away from a hard hip-hop sound, people tend to forget what they're capable of and what they've already done. And sometimes there's a need to uh, kind of remind people hey, I've already mastered this, but I can still do it. I can do it again if you really need me to. So anyways, <laughs> D2 is one of my favorites as far as solo releases. Um, it has Strange featuring RM, Burn It featuring Max and People, and Set Me Free Part 1, which I or technically interlude Set Me Free, I'm sorry. Um, Strange featuring RM is truly a great masterclass in Jungisms and Junisms uh, and what they've been doing with BTS for a long time. These are rappers turned idols or just rappers who are also idols, however you want to look at it. And uh, they still hold those rap and hip hop roots very dear to them. And they've been rapping um, social commentary since they were teenagers and in their early 20s. And I always wonder uh, sometimes how it affects them to write a cap uh, write about capitalism and see the effects of wealth on people now that they have, you know, this type of notoriety and status and, and wealth as well. Obviously, the music gives this and explains this uh, sometimes, but I wonder how deeper it goes. From what we can see, these are seven very grounded individuals who could overly, you know, be flashy if they wanted to. But so far, from what we can see, they, they simply are not. Um, they could flex all day, but they don't. And within the song, we see this start of commentary on social capital through means of social media and groupthink and not being able to like think for yourself. Using wealth as a means to determine your worth. And I know there's some great wordplay that I mentioned earlier happening in the song from both. Uh, in Yoongi's verse, he says, polarization is the ugliest flower in the world, while Namjoon says, polarization the flower that's already bloomed and yeah like I won't attempt the Korean of how they use these two phrases interchangeably between their verses but it's so good uh <laughs> more linguistic notes that are just not um unusual from these two at all so the other song burn it featuring max is also one of my favorite August D songs ever <laughs> uh I resonate so much with it and it was nice seeing videos of Yoongi performing it on tour and performing it with Max as well on the same tour. I believe Max showed up to one of the, was it one of the LA dates? Anyways, the fire imagery and symbolism is something we've seen for years with Min Yoongi, with BTS, and by himself. Uh, we see connections to old BTS songs, we see connections to maybe not even intentionally to J-Hope's arson with the idea of burning yourself so bright on purpose and of course we see aspects of burning one's old self and becoming ashes similar to a phoenix. The point is this burying the old version or killing our old selves moving forward that type of um, thing things that have been very integral for the last maybe I don't know the last few years as far as speaking about BTS members together and individually we see so much of that kind of as stems like well I don't want to say stems but like we just have seen this for a long time as far as fire imagery it's not just Yoongi using fire imagery but he does use it the most and so also before we move on I do want to talk about people which is also another <laughs> one of my favorite August D songs and of course the part two is on D-Day and I think one of my favorite things about Yoongi's writing style is that it feels like a diary almost a journal a string of consciousness sometimes whereas Hobie can sound like a narrator and Namjoon is kind of painting a picture for us I'm sure I've described this differently before but the more I listen to the solo rap projects and the more they continue to make them and grow uh, the more expansive my feelings and thoughts for each stylistic choice that they make varies or changes as well so excuse that or don't because uh, <laughs> it's a part of learning and growing with them right as a listener as a fan so yeah anyways <laughs> people is about growing up and realizing that as you're changing people around you are also changing sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse but it is a moment you experience when you recognize that while you're moving, the world isn't stagnant around you. When you're, you know, with certain people you wish it would end and then one day you're not and you're thinking about what it was like to be with them, you know, 
despite how you used to feel. And it's really just kind of a note on how strange the human experience can be, especially uh, when we are thinking about our connections to others. Uh, So overall, D2 is something I've seen Yoongi describe as him loosening up a bit since we talked about how the first August D mixtape could be him seemingly a bit angry about a lot of things and his pride was really flared up in in, uh, the August D mixtape. Whereas this one, he has kind of let it kind of fall down a little bit. And as I will always continue to relay things back to other members, um, especially during this month of Festa. So, oh yeah, happy Festa. Forgot to say that. Um, I know it's just, it's it's technically over now. It ended uh, this past weekend, but happy Festa. I just feel like the whole month of June is about BTS's Festa. So hopefully this doesn't come out in July, but if it does, happy late Festa. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, like I was saying, I think it's always important to notice what they all collectively and individually say about their past selves. And in, um, the way Yoongi described D2 and D1, um, it reminded me of both Jimin and Namjoon. Jimin often cringing at his past self and Namjoon looking at his past self and saying he can see himself so tightly wound up, especially during those debut days. And he can see it so easily on himself now or not see it. He can recognize it when he looks at old videos or, you know, stuff from back then versus how he is now. And even some of the other members commenting on it too. And I feel like in general, they all have commented on how different and uh, just kind of relaxed most of them are now compared to how they used to be, which back then I'm assuming it would have been a little bit more difficult to tell just in that moment. And with that too, I think it helps us as listeners or as ARMY or as music fans learn to accept who we were in the past, but also let that person go in the sense that they're a part of the roots of the tree, right? They're an inner ring at this point, not the full embodiment of the tree anymore. We are not always our past selves. Like they're a part of us, but we on the outer part of us, they don't have to be us. We can move away from that. It's totally fine. And so this brings me to D-Day. Finally, (laughs) I think one of the best things I tried to do with this album was remove my expectations I had about what Yoongi would do. Uh, BTS will always surprise you and outdo themselves and it's best to experience these albums in the moment rather than you know prophesize what they may or may not do and I'm guilty of this especially as we think about you know post enlistment albums or post enlistment anything regarding them but the closer we get there the less expectations I'll have about what it will sound like and what they'll do and um, it'll be more of anticipation and joy I, I think Um, I think that's exactly what I feel is more joy and anticipation just for them being over this process that has kind of been hanging over their heads for so long and they can kind of do what they need to do and do what they want to do even more. So with D-Day, I think no one was really sure what Yoongi was going to do, but it was really nice that it ended up being the end of this trilogy and it closed chapters on a lot of the old things we saw from August D and D2 mixtapes. With that being said, one of the most iconic things that Min Yoongi could do was open his album with the line, future's gonna be okay, and end it with the line, life goes on. I've spoken about sequential albums many, many times. (laughs) Um, If you listen to any of my episodes, you know how important sequential albums are to me or sequencing and albums are. I just think it is an art that needs to be appreciated more um and we're losing it a lot so yes i will not repeat myself again but the way to start and end your album that way is so yoongi so sugar so augusty so inherently everything we know about yoongi up until this point it feels like something he would do and it makes sense but as much as i loved d-day the song we're going to actually talk about higgum first so, uh, like I mentioned when speaking about Deshita, Higum is another instance of Yoongi pulling from Korean culture and letting us in and using it in such a clever way. I've seen many people run to look up what is a Higum, and while yes, it is a traditional Korean string instrument and is used in the production of the song, uh, side note, one of my favorite things was seeing Yoongi on Fallon and Jimmy Fallon randomly pulling out, um, 
a Higgum and Yoongi being like, where did you find this? Like, <laughs> it was so random, but it was really funny. Uh, anyways, shout out to Jimmy Fallon for giving us some great solo BTS interviews so far. Anyways, the other uh, definition of Higgum or just Higgum <laughs> is uh, a lifting of a band, freeing from what's forbidden. Uh, Yoongi talked about playing these rhythm games when he was a kid and he'd unlock these forbidden songs after beating certain stages of the game and then you were um, given a new rhythm every single time you beat a new stage and we can hear that in his lyrics as well. He kind of plays with rhythm, higgum, uh, <laughs> uh, in the lyrics of Higgum. Um, anyways, in Yoongi's Road to D-Day documentary, we kind of see him go back and forth with the song and get frustrated and voice his concerns. We see him working on it as far back as uh, In the Soup season two that BTS did. We see him go back to the location for In the Soup season two and hold a writing camp there. As usual, not to bring astrology into things, but this is my podcast and I can do just that. Yoongi has a Virgo moon and as someone else who also has a Virgo moon, I understand the need to make something that is appealing to yourself more than anything. Like as long as it appeals to you and only you, it doesn't matter what someone else's definition of perfection is. If it does not appeal to my idea of perfection, it is not perfect. Like, you know that you do the good work, but if it's not up to your own standards, it'll feel really lazy. It'll feel kind of half-assed. It'll make you embarrassed when you look back on it or listen to it again. And I've literally re-recorded published episodes of this podcast because there's something that didn't feel right in the recording. So while I can't relate to being a producer and a songwriter, I can relate to, I can relate to what happens during the process of creating something and trying to stay busy or activate the part of yourself that needs to be busy when you're actually relaxing and it's actually hell. Um, that chasing perfection and chasing the need to feel like you're busy. It is not fun at all. However, the outcome of Higgum and what he's done with promotions with this title track are kind of incredible. Obviously, there is a creative and fun Wong Karwai-esque type of music video, um, where Yoongi is playing back on the Deshita double August Ds, where only one can survive. And of course, in this video, the scar is healing on the boss August D, who we assume is the same August D who killed the Mad King August D <laughs> in the previous video and is killed by this new August D who doesn't have a scar yet. And yes, this is great commentary on good versus evil and how you can have strides to do good, but, uh, you know, being at the top of the food chain will also, you know, have vast side effects and corrupt you, um, despite your badge of moral goodness or just, you know, a commentary on corruption in spaces that are supposed to be morally good and helping people. It, it, it's a lot of different things. But as much as I love to wax poetic about the music video and how there are references to Scarface and Old Boy and Yoongi's other music videos. The song itself and the promotions are where we need to focus our attentions. We're now expanding on some of the ideas that he and uh, Namjoon actually rapped about in Strange, where in short, the way we process information is ridiculous these days. You consume so much that it's easy to get lost in, you know, what the sway of your algorithm thinks. It's thinking for you and you can lose your imagination through this. Your freedom and your thoughts can be gone because of it. And one thing that Yoongi does is call us all out on it. And he also calls himself out too. In verse two, he says, uh, endless influx of information prohibits freedom of imagination and seeks conformity of thought. All these painful noises blind you. And now it even infringes on freedom of thought. All the controversy incessantly triggers confusion and judgment. 
really, what is it exactly that's been restricting us? Maybe we do it to ourselves. Slaves to capitalism, slaves to money, slaves to hatred and prejudice, slaves to YouTube, slaves to flexing, selfishness and greed have gone off the rails. I close my eyes and it's easy. It's all so obvious. Opinions clearly split depending on what's to gain. Everyone's been blinded by envy and jealousy without realizing that they're putting shackles on each other. And quite frankly, he gagged everybody. (laughs) But no, it's important to note that Yungi isn't just singing to the choir. He realizes that he's included. He says as much. BTS got their start on YouTube. They benefit from capitalism, but they've also been victims of greed and prejudice. Like, it's not just about pointing a finger, but rather holding a mirror to other people's mirrors. And it's only when he looks away from the system at hand that he can see clearly what the problem is. This new age crabs in a barrel mentality that we're all victims of and guilty of in some capacity mostly due to social media and social media currency and after all this though he does say don't get swept away by the tsunami of info because we all differentiate freedom from self-indulgence as a reminder as such is all subjective and depending on how you view it That's why I said holding mirrors up to other mirrors. Someone else's freedom could be someone else's pain and and someone's self-indulgence could be someone else's first taste of clarity. It's all subjective. It's all perspective. Um, And yeah, outside of all of this, Yoongi's tour is also a part of these promotions and I love his reasoning for doing a solo tour, which is to give fans something to look forward to when all seven are together again since it is virtually impossible for them to have a seven member tour at all during this time um especially with Jin and Hosek enlisted and we know other members are about to go too they've already said that the remaining five will have enlisted by the end of the year so we know it's coming and we know that this was meant to hold us all over And to know that Yoongi is one of the members who has, you know, chronic pains and has had surgeries, but still, you know, is going out multiple times a week and giving his all to ARMY and these crowds to kind of hold us over until then, I do have a feeling he's not the only one who may do this. I don't know. It's just speculation. (laughs) But I do appreciate how much he puts into these shows and is making them as intimate as he possibly can in arenas even though he could have easily sold out stadiums um it kind of speaks to the level of love and trust that uh this group has towards their fans and vice versa um beyond that i've seen in my black ass lifetime now yoongi swag surfing multiple times in multiple u.s cities with his dancers and I for one cannot wait to see all seven in you know whether it's 2025 or it's 2026 whenever they decide to tour again um I just hope that you know we can see that type of the type of freedom that Yoongi seems to have during this particular tour I hope that it is also translated when all seven of them can tour again as well on top of that, we also <laughs> have Yoongi doing dance challenges and uh, Higum has his own choreography that is a seven-person choreography. You truly cannot make this shit up with them. Like, it is, it's always the seven. So, anyways, we have Yoongi giving drill music a try with Hovi on the song, Huh? And it has callbacks to D2's uh, What Do You Think? And callbacks to Cypher 4 with the rap line. And truly, no one... And I mean, no one does callbacks to their own songs, as well as BTS. I know I said this earlier, but it's so true. I believe it was on uh, Suchita, or in this case, Arwicha, uh, where Yoongi was speaking to Namjoon. Um, and he says rapping drill was hard as hell, but I think Yoongi did it in the most Augusty way. And Hobie truly is so adaptable as an artist. I know I've said this before, too. Um each rap line member has a strength and something they do well that is almost a staple and uh hobie is so flexible in his craft that his thing is being able to basically be a chameleon if you will so he did drill exceptionally well and not in the overly animated hobie style but 
very much was like, yeah, I can do drill and just did it. Like, that's just how it felt. So because this already is so long and we're speaking on the album uh, conceptually, let's go through some of my other faves on the album really quickly. And then if I have time, we'll talk about take two and have a small little festa chat at the end here. So to conclude the August D origin arc, we got Amidala, which I have seen people struggle with saying amygdala solely because Yoongi says it as Amidala. I even second guessed myself initially and so did uh, RM during the sit down with August D until he started describing what it was. Uh, which is hilarious because I was like what is an amygdala and I was like oh he means amygdala um anyways (laughs) so even a short little tangent fun fact about myself it's not that fun I promise Uh, I was initially going to major in psychology um as a child development specialist but I think my heart was too fragile for that but I took a lot of psychology courses both in college prep and during my first couple of semesters before I truly declared my major as journalism plus when you go through a lot of trauma before the age of 21 speaking for myself personally uh, you will hear this term a lot in the form of um, the amygdala hijack which is your fight or flight response Uh, My point here is that when I saw the title initially, I had a feeling where we were going with the song prior to seeing the video or hearing it. So like I said, even though uh, RM is my bias, Yungi is my bias record. And um, the reason is why is because we dealt with very similar things and we're not that far apart in age, like I mentioned. So high likely we were experiencing some of the same traumas at the same time, which always freaks me out a little bit. Um, especially as he's explaining them because I'm like damn I was going through this that year too and it's like ooh, <laughs> not to not to harp over that but yeah so anyways Yungi has spoken in depth about his car accident as I mentioned earlier that injured his shoulder for years but now because of the music video for Amidala we have this clear-cut idea of maybe what exactly happened additionally to that we learn a lot more about yoongi's struggles especially where his family is concerned uh we learn about his mother uh who dealt with complications during his birth um he got a call about his father's cancer while he was working and probably still had to you know be this super cheerful bts member in that moment and just overall we see how these things kind of uh plague yoongi um as he still has to be sugar of BTS, you know. In the video, we see that the scarred version of himself is the one in his head. It's the fight or flight Yoongi. It's Augusty. He's wounded and acting out on the trauma that won't leave his head. We see how Yoongi created the scar, even though the scar is not physical on Ming Yoongi, the person. It is a scar that encompasses all the pain he, you know, has felt in general, even if it's on a fictional version of himself that continues to kill himself over and over again because the scar continues to cause fictional Yoongi to act out or be angry like Augusty mixtape Yoongi or get to the top and lose his mind like D2, you know, August D, Yoongi, and finally even break down at times like D-Day Yoongi. And it's incredible that Yoongi feels comfortable enough to share these things through his art with us as fans. It's a very vulnerable side of him that could be easily, you know, plucked apart by anyone, you know. We see the effects of the way that someone could put their all into their art or their music or just open up and be vulnerable and how people will use that against them on social media for literally nothing uh, for peanuts (laughs) which I like to call likes and retweets you know so it's just like it's crazy so it's crazy that he even allowed us to see that but I also appreciate that Yoongi wrapped up Augusty's story like this, but made sure to let us know that Augusty isn't dead or he will never return. It's a kind of insinuation that he still has more to share or experience through that lens, and I'm curious what it'll be like in the future when he does maybe bring Augusty back in this form or however he wants to reimagine Augusty. So going back to the beginning uh, of the album, Yoongi opens the album 
with D-Day and sets the tone for the entire album. It's immediately apparent that this is the beginning of something new, that we're not who we used to be and we should be celebrating that. It's a type of reminder that things are constantly changing. The past is just that. The future is just that. And this moment is also just that. There will always be another past, present, and future where things may be different. We shouldn't get so caught up in it, you know? We also get the start of a lotus flower symbolism, which we see in Amidala, and Yungi also brought the lotus imagery with him on some of his tour stuff. Uh, I've seen a lot of really cute fan signs about the lotus flower as well. I hope it's something that he keeps. And I really enjoy how subtle he was about it, but still, it, it's just all very cool. Um, it also reminds me of the flower mentions from Strange, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and it's not much to say, but it's a great opening track and it has that super hard hitting trap feel that kind of reminded me of the first mixtape. Moving past the other tracks I've already mentioned, we see SDL, which stands for Somebody Does Love. And while it does feel like this is a love song on the up end, it's actually Yoongi saying that love can be upheld as this super, you know, grandiose word that we sometimes get caught up in the glorified memories of it rather than see it for what it really is like yes we can romanticize the word love without encapsulating everything that happened like it probably wasn't easy but we only focus on the good parts and so in each verse he's questioning this feeling he's dealing with of missing someone or the missing him and now on tour it's obviously turned into this cute little moment between Yoongi and Armies. Um, which is funny because now it's a new memory for armies and Yungi and one worthy of being glorified, I suppose. So it kind of <laughs> extends or um, exceeds what SDL was even about in the first place. But Yungi furthers the sentiments of, S of SDL um, with how love is far more complex than we credit it for with People Part 2. Um, featuring IU. Of course, this is the part two of People from D2 and was the pre-release track from D-Day, so it was the first thing we got entirely from the D-Day project. So we know IU and Yoongi work very well together and have worked together multiple times, and she really does kill this hook. It's so good. It's a very laid-back hip-hop track, and I think a lot of us were curious when it was released if this was the direction um that he was gonna go through the whole album but obviously it was not um they did a live version together for his documentary and it's nice hearing Yoongi sing I know on a lot of the studio versions there is some autotune over his vocals but when he does it live it's usually not I just appreciate that the entire rap line <laughs> have all been singing more on their solo projects I'm curious if we'll get more of that in future BTS projects as well. Anyways, the last verse of the song reminds me of Trivia Love from the Love Yourself series. Um, and it's because Yoongi plays with the words love in person since they sound so similar, just like Namjoon did in Trivia Love. Obviously, I'm not fluent in Korean, but it's one of my favorite things to hear in a k-pop song that kind of sly wordplay and it tricks the non-korean ear a bit so yungi said this about people part two uh in the past and i've always said this in my interviews personally i think loneliness is being together in modern society i always talk about loneliness in my interviews but regretfully it isn't always in the final interview not only me everyone has this loneliness inside of them until the moment they die however deep you are in a relationship how much you engage with other people how many friends you meet or how often you meet with your family you always have the loneliness inside so i started with this keyword of loneliness three years ago in 2020 and i wouldn't say there's much difference in that everyone can feel pain and agonize it's the same with me, whether it's me from BTS, Suga, Min Yoongi, or August D. I always have that inside me too. People might see me as someone who wouldn't have any concerns or worries or that I don't feel any agony, but I feel those emotions too. I'm trying to find a way to fight those and, over and overcome those too. This album doesn't really finalize everything in its message either, so there might be a possibility that there could be a part three. 
later on for now we're just trying to say let's not hate each other let's find a way and he told that to billboard he also told billboard about this song the title wasn't originally people part two actually people from d2 is personally my favorite song and we actually worked on people part two three years ago in 2020 when i was releasing my pictorial photo shoot the whole uh photo folio if you are an army or if not you should look it up the company actually revealed the guide version and gave a glimpse of it to the public but anyway it was already finished when we were working on d2 so i was thinking oh i should release this i should release this but we had to get on with butter and dynamite so we didn't get the chance uh originally the title was sara without the m because that's like one consonant less than the word sarum which in korean is people depending on whichever consonant you put at the end of the word sara it can become sarum aka people or it can become sarunk which is love in korean so the listener's choice to put which consonant you want at the end of Sara, but I had my friend listen to the song and people heard it as Sala, <laughs> which kind of means live in Korean, and I was like, this is not going to work, so we finalized the title to be People Part 2. This is what he told Billboard. Then, of course, there's Polar Night, which furthers Yoongi's social commentary earlier in the album. It's more so focused on a you versus me type of ideology that society has taken on through social media, real media, and politics. How, in a way, it's almost like a cold war that we're not really acknowledging is happening. We only hear what we want to hear, what makes us comfortable, and close our eyes and ears to the things that make us uncomfortable, uncomfortable especially at the expense of someone else. I think a lot of the general public don't like to get into Yoongi's songs like this unless there's a hard-hitting beat to it or he's doing something kind of crazy um, uh, sonically overall or just in rapping. But Yoongi makes a lot of conscious rap, <laughs> which isn't usually, like, it's not really acknowledged. Like, people laud him for making social commentary and like to say he's the only one but he's not he's just one of the few k-pop k-hip-hop folks in a mainstream way that do at least that i've noticed um i'm not saying there's not more k-hip-hop or k-pop people who made this type of social commentary obviously i've talked about other groups that do have some type of social commentary in their songs but not as deep as this it's kind of like a generalized way but i can't speak for k-hip-hop like that but obviously I can speak on the West and I know there are plenty of conscious rappers here in the States. So I think it's funny that we don't call Yoongi a conscious rapper when sometimes he can be. Anyways, beyond that, I do finally want to talk about Snooze because it's a really important song on this album and a critical point in the Road to D-Day documentary. So it's featuring Ryuchi Sakamoto and Woosung from The Rose and to understand Yoongi and BTS and how we get to a song like this, let's think about the first lines we ever heard Yoongi say in Pangtan's debut song, No More Dream. He says, I want a big house, big cars, and big rings, but actually, I don't have any big dreams. And it's Yoongi and the group overall speaking about these superficial dreams that we're supposed to have and how we work so hard to achieve these dreams. When in reality, you know, when you're in high school or you're in college, you don't always know what you want in that moment. Hell, you don't even have to necessarily be in high school or college to feel this way. You can feel this way at any point in your life. So Yoongi opening snooze with the line, you, who's dreaming while looking at me, I'm always here behind you, so don't worry too much. If you're afraid to crash, I'll willingly receive you so you don't suffer like I did. You, who sacrifices your sleep for your dreams and it's okay to rest. For today, don't even dream. And we kind of see him now as the uh, kind of adult in this scenario, being who he needed to be when he was a trainee or um, or a kid or during his early debut days, who was sacrificing so much of himself for this dream to be this really successful rapper, but also 
sort of unsure of what he actually wanted. And so there's this self-reassurance happening, but also this role that BTS and Yoongi have taken on as the biggest and most successful in their league that their juniors and even their counterparts look up to them and work so hard to try to live up to what they did, but they also aren't acknowledging that the road for BTS seems very pretty now, but it was hardly anything but back then. Um, it also seems to be referencing intro Nevermind, or at least the Yoongi from Nevermind, and we know how much that song impacted so many people. Even Jimin has Nevermind tattooed on him, right? It's really a small song with a big impression. I feel like we can see it as him referencing his younger self as well as younger idols or other people seeing his success at a mere age 30 and being like, damn, I need to work harder so I can be where he's at or be where BTS is at. And we know that that came at a cost for a lot of them. Um, if not all of them, rather, you know? So Sung sings the hook, but we hear Ryuchi Sakamoto on the piano and in the documentary we see Yoongi meeting Mr. Sakamoto for the first time while Mr. Sakamoto is incredibly ill. Um, they bond over music despite there being a language barrier and Yoongi speaks very highly of Ryuchi Sakamoto which he should. Ryuchi Sakamoto is a legend, um, incredible actor, incredible composer, just incredible talent overall and who has been just doing this for years and Yoongi even explains that he's one of the reasons that Yoongi does music and why he's interested in scoring films in the future because of Mr. Sakamoto. Yoongi speaks in the documentary about going, I believe it was going to see the, was it the Little Emperor? Sorry if I'm saying this incorrectly, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Um, and him sitting in the theater and watching it and resonating with the sounds that he was hearing because of Raichi Sakamoto. Regardless, it's a very beautiful part of the documentary. Um, as we see throughout it, Yoongi going around and visiting other artists to see their process, their work process, their artistic process, and coming to hang out and gain his desire to work again. And so this trip to Japan is like the apex of the documentary. And of course, we know that um, Ryoichi Sakamoto passed away about a month before D-Day was released. So yeah, it's a very big song on the album and has this very emotional and it's very rocky um, ness to it. And Yoongi speaking to younger idols or his younger self or to anyone in this predicament while also having one of his biggest influences a part of the song after being able to meet him finally before he passed away i just i just think it really brings the documentary full circle but also brings the story that yoongi has been telling with these albums and these mixtapes whatever um full circle as well and i wonder if it kind of had a feeling of closure to it like you know what i mean I would advise you to go listen to it yourself, read the lyrics, watch the live D-Day documentary version that Yoongi did with Woosung, um, or just watch the documentary in general if you haven't, um, because I just feel like I cannot provide the justice that it deserves with my mere words. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And lastly, we have Life Goes On. But the D-Day version of Life Goes On. So Life Goes On was a single by BTS and they have spoken about a version that Yoongi has had for a while and now we finally get it. So while the BTS version is definitely meant to be more uh, sort of in a way uplifting in the time of the pandemic, like we're going to make it to the other side of it, Yoongi's version is more of like a, even if you forget me and things change, I'll still be here. Um, type of thing at least that's how I kind of interpreted it that we change and there's not really anything stopping it but I'll be here until I physically cannot be here for you anymore <laughs> or mentally or emotionally or musically which obviously if we're talking musically that means he will live on probably forever so um it's a very sweet sentiment so Yoongi is this the first part of his verse from the BTS version here but hopefully the translations are correct so he says um, at the beginning of it, though, uh, let me borrow this music and give it to you um, before he starts the BTS verse. Um, like he's saying, let me take from this song that you already know and give it and give you this 
as well, but give it to you in a new way. And it's a really good reflection of maybe how Yoongi feels now after the last 10 years and knowing that, you know, maybe, you know, enlistment is near and this break for this group is near and, you know, we don't know who is going to still be on the other side of that either or what's going to be on the other side or how it's going to be on the other side of all this either. We can only hope for the best. And I know it's something they've all talked about and cried about openly so it's a type of comfort to armies at least I'd say that even if you leave and don't come back that's okay you know to the armies like it's okay if you outgrow this if you move on from this while we're gone you know it's okay good things happened and it's okay to remember those good things you don't have to stick around because you feel obligated to but if you do stick around I will welcome you and uh you know I just, I don't know, something about sentiments like that from them are very sweet um, because you just don't hear too many artists actually speak on things like that. A lot of artists are not going to try to try to uh, drive you away or to say, hey, you can leave if you want to, you don't have to stick around and say it in a very nice way at least. Regardless, the future feels so far away and even as a fan, 2025 feels far away as well, but we know it's actually not. Um, it may feel like an eternity, you know, but it's it's just not. I don't know. So yeah, I kind of went on a tangent there. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I hope that you will also be there in 2025 because I would like to also still talk about BCS in 2025 and 2026 and hope that you will come back and that we will hold dialogue and community over it and, you know, celebrate this group that has done wonderful things. And will continue to do wonderful things. So yeah, that's uh, D-Day. And I know this was really long. Um, <laughs> the whole thing though was I just knew it was going to be a lot to cover because I could not talk about D-Day without speaking about the first two mixtapes. I feel like they kind of all go together. I think it would be really cool if Yoongi um, or Big Hit or Hi, whatever, if they just release like physical like a physical trilogy style album for d-day and just kind of include august d and um d2 and d-day kind of how they did the bts uh anthology which god that album was so heavy <laughs> like i have it it's so heavy i think that would be really cool anyways there's nothing i could say about yoongi that isn't already been said countless times before he is just a un clonable talent we are very lucky to be able to witness the start of his career and how far he's come and how far he'll keep going and that he's a member of bts and just how all seven of them are just so perfectly aligned and faded and all that good stuff that we already know and that i've said over and over at this point um i will say what a great debut album a great way to hold us over until they come back a great way to help armies feel loved and seen until all seven of them can return so Speaking of all of that, I will briefly talk about Take Two. So Take Two is a BTS Festa song. It's for ARMY. It's celebrating 10 years of BTS and probably, probably our last OT7 song until they all return, unless they pull a fast one on us next year, but I don't actually think that's likely. Um, it's a song about reflecting on how far BTS and ARMY have come together and in the sweetest way possible, asking armies to stick around even though i just talked about the sentiment from life goes on they still are asking us to stick around if we will the youth that bts and army have explored and celebrated together for so long is now eternal uh you know we joke about being in this bangtan shit for life and bangtan is saying i want that too Many times BTS have acknowledged that if it all went away tomorrow, the best part was ARMY or that they stuck around longer for ARMY. There's so much amazing imagery throughout uh, the actual song, but I do think June's verse about feeling the light from armies in the same way that the sun reflects on the building like the sun doesn't actually physically touch the building but the warmth is there and the same can be said about uh this relationship whether you see bangtan as the sun or you see armies as the sun we see each other so brightly and we receive each other in that way constantly it's really give and take every single time i do advise you to go listen to the song even 
no actually especially if you're not army if you are army you probably have already heard it but if you're not army um go listen to take two by bts read the lyrics watch the live performance of it um the chorus to the song is just <laughs> there is another saying um that bts comes to you when you need them uh, the most at your lowest and when you're at your darkest and I think sometimes that's why it's hard for some people to force themselves to get into BTS I've been aware of BTS since their debut I think I've mentioned this a couple of times before but I didn't actually become an army until much later and it's because the timing was only right when it happened you know what I'm saying I couldn't force myself to like BTS um at all I just had to kind of let it happen and let them come to me when I needed them so anyways, this is a love song to ARMY and it is beautiful and as expected, BTS. <laughs> I'm grateful to love a group so much and to have found my way to this when I needed it the most. And of course, ARMY's wrote and composed and recorded a love song as well, which I love that neither BTS knew ARMYs were doing this and ARMYs didn't know that BTS were doing this. So it's just like the bond is unbreakable, you know? For ARMY to write and compose and record a song for BTS and BTS to do the same thing back and neither knew it was happening. It's just very beautiful and a testament to what happens in this bond, right? And also just a testament to the type of artists that they are, that they would inspire fans to want to do that as well. And those of us who will be here still in 2025, you know, I'm excited. I I'll see you at these tours. But until then, we have a few more albums to receive and some more send-offs and then some welcome homes, right? Um, <laughs> so again, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, I didn't want this to be extra long, but sometimes you can't help it. I knew it was going to be long, but hopefully it's not that long, especially after I edit it. Um, hopefully you also received the other episode that I released as well. Um, I wanted, I, I've been away for a minute, so I wanted to give you two. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, if no one has told you today, I love you. I care about you. I hope you will stick around for a very long time. I will see you in July, hopefully. Um, it's my birthday month and it's also the podcast birthday month as well so i will try to do something if not then well you know shit happens <laughs> but until then bye